0: Hello everybody, today we're gonna talk about training clients with asthma, diabetes, and cardiovascular disease. So our goals are to recognize training guidelines and recommendations for asthmatics, diabetics, hypertensive clients, clients with coronary artery disease, and for individuals with congestive heart failure. So when we're working with these special populations, we need to understand that these are subgroups of the population that have acute and chronic conditions that require specialized training methods. Uh, these examples include people that have diseases, who are obese, uh, mothers who are pregnant, children, and the elderly. Um, medical referral may be needed and a physician may define training parameters. So they may have a say on what they do and how they do it. So you might have to be working with a uh, physician and make sure you get those referrals before you start training. Asthma, so this is a chronic inflammatory pulmonary disorder considered a form of c o p d uh, You're more likely to have c o p d if you have asthma and hyper irritability or reversal obstruction of the airways is the cause much more common among the obese exercise induced asthma is more associated with high higher intensities like running and common triggers are allergens, chemicals, smoke pollutants, and cold air. so we want to try to avoid those things if you have allergies. And to make sure that you have an inhaler with you at all times if you have allergies or have an asthma attack and uh, for these individuals we want to make sure that we have a medical referral and an emergency plan so healthy lungs compared to um, asthma lungs or lungs that have asthma so healthy lungs are relaxed smooth muscle lungs with normal airways just think of a open uh, ring okay the ring is opened up and then think of a for asthma you have your tight and smooth muscle so this muscle is going to be a little bit more rigid it's going to be more inflamed there's going to be more mucus and there's going to be narrow airways which is going to be meaning that there's going to be less air being able to go through meaning that you are able to get rid of more toxins and you're not able to get as much oxygen inside so it's really important that we think about you know that problem of having a narrowed airway and trying to work out and if you're trying to make someone do something that is too intense like running sprinting or maybe consistent medicine ball slams then they're gonna they they may have an asthma attack so exercise and asthma we want to evaluate those environments for the triggers like the pollutants uh, cold air that type of thing we want to use longer warm-ups and cool downs we don't want to just get into our Physical activity or exercises right away. That's why we always have warm ups and cool downs. Swimming, cycling, and walking are less likely to, than running to trigger an event. So, like I said, uh, running will be something that we might want to stick away from or do some interval running or tempo running. Stop and go activities are less likely to trigger exercise induced asthma or EIA. You want to avoid intensities that are 60 to 80% uh, or over 60 to 80%. In a heart rate um, HRR to lower the risk of exercise induced asthma. So, heart rate reliability, I think, let's see. So the HRR, the heart rate reserve, is the difference between your resting heart rate and your maximum heart rate. It's used primarily for determining heart rate zones during exercises and the amount of cushion and heartbeats available for exercise. To get your heart rate reserve, subtract your heart rate's resting rate from your maximum heart rate, okay? So that's something that you can do um, for individuals, I would say all your individuals, and and you want to know what training zones they should be working out in and hopefully monitor them with a um, some type of watch if you have it or take their pulse at the radial vein. So encourage nasal breathing and maintain meds on site and have an emergency plan. We talked about that. Uh, nasal breathing, why? It warms the air, it moistens the air and it kills any bacteria in the air. It also increases uh, nitrogen gas which is a like laughing gas. So It's a vasodilator, it makes you feel better it's also a parasympathetic as opposed to mouth breathing, which is sympathetic and you're not getting any of those benefits. You get less uh, volume of air uh, in when you breathe through your mouth and you tend to breathe through your chest with your mouth. So it's really important that we breathe through our nose. Diabetes, so autoimmune disorder characterized by the production of antibodies that attack the isolate cells of the pancreas, uh, reduces or stops insulin production Often referred to as insulin-dependent diabetes mellitus due to the need to supply insulin via an external source. Uh, Type 2 diabetes is characterized by insulin insensitivity and beta cell dysfunction in later stages. It's caused by several mechanisms including genetic predisposition, obesity, sedentary lifestyle, and poor diet. And pregnant females can develop gestational diabetes mellitus or GDM. So mothers will have to take a sugary drink at the hospital and be tested for gdm uh prior to giving birth uh, cuz they may need to, uh, some type of um medication or some type of doctor slip to be able to um understand that so diabetes and obesity so diabetes rate among normal weight overweight and obese americans by age so um you have about 40% of people that are obese here Uh, in the 65 to 69 age and then you have the amount of people that are obese at 18 are very low so normal weight all the way until it looks like we have 70 to 74 it seems like people are their most obese in their in their lifetime so this just shows you the graph of like when people become obese so it's like gradual becomes gradual and over time and this is really the area here where you're going to start seeing that that shift of having diabetes so exercise obviously improves diabetes uh to a degree i can't i mean you've we've heard of people being able to recover from diabetes type 2 in a way where they they're less um they're not dealing with the symptoms right so you can going to have better insulin sensitivity. You're going to improve the glucose regulation. You're going to improve blood lipid profiles. Uh, you're going to reduce visceral storage fat, improve cardiovascular fitness and muscular fitness. You're going to reduce um, the loss of muscle mass. You're going to reduce the risk for cardiovascular disease, reduce the risk for peripheral uh, peripheral vascular disease, and reduce risk for heart attack and stroke and improve quality of life. So diabetes-related risks. Uh, additional screening criteria used to determine risk for injury or complications among diabetics include age of over 35, obesity for more than 20 years, presence of diabetes type 1 for more than 15 years, presence of type 2 diabetes for more than 10 years, presence of additional risk factors for heart disease, presence of microvascular disease including retinal neopathy and neuropathy, peripheral vascular disease and autonomic neuropathy. Neuropathy, sorry. So those could be additional screening criteria used to determine risk for injury or complications. So special considerations, you have retinopathy, nephropathy, and peripheral neuropathy. Uh, Retinopathy are the small vessel diseases of the eyes. So you wanna avoid exercise that produce high blood pressure, particularly high intensity compressive. Something like a leg press would be the the worst situation for someone with these um, sensitive vessels in their eyes. Okay, do not use activities that lower the head below the waist, such as yoga. So like that downward dog wouldn't be good for someone with a retinopathy. Uh, forward fold and uh, downward in, in yoga would not be good. Um, You know, putting the head below the waist, just getting getting that pressure to the head would not be good. So any inversions would not be good. Do not use any activities that may jar the head, such as plyometrics. That could also be another, um, you know, issue. So if you have these uh, individuals as clients, you don't want to train those things because uh, you would be uh, liable for those uh, injuries if they occurred. Because, you know, narrow, avoid moderate to heavy weightlifting, Okay, these are small vessels of the kidneys of disease of the kidneys. Um, You don't want to be doing anything that's too heavy. Okay, so this is more about heaviness, avoid high intensity aerobic activity. So long aerobic bouts, avoid holding one's breath. Uh, That notably raises your blood pressure and maintain adequate hydration. It's really important to stay hydrated if you have this disease in the kidneys. If you have peripheral neuropathy or small vessel disease, the nerve tissue, um, avoid exercises that cause pounding repetitive stress to the feet, like um, jumping jacks, uh, running, um, also jump rope, swimming would be a better option, and uh, biking might be a better option, but you might want to um, skip that one too. So select non-weight bearing exercises, Um, ensure proper footwear is always worn during physical activity, okay, so... Um, not doing barefoot because that can um, cause that pounding and repetitive stress to the feet. Exercise in type 1 diabetes. So, <clears throat> general recommendations for type 1 diabetics are maintain proper identification of the condition. Avoid exercise if fasting glucose levels are um, more than 200 milligrams and ketosis is present. Use caution if fasting glucose levels are more than 300 milligrams without ketones. Monitor blood glucose before and after exercise and identify when changes to food or insulin are needed. Track glycemic response to exercise conditions for future reference. Use carbohydrates to avoid hypoglycemia. Keep fasting fast acting carbohydrates available during and after exercise. Pay close attention to science and fatigue and metabolic shifts during those exercises. And avoid high intensities when using new exercises. So making sure that you have some sugar around that they are able to eat if they need it. So type two, maintain proper pre-exercise metabolic control. Uh, You want to have lots of water, perform regular physical activity most days of the week, include client-appropriate aerobic and anaerobic activities, focus on caloric expenditure, minimum goal of 1,000 calories a week and weight loss, Uh, initiate exercise with appropriate acclimation periods, work up to aerobic intensity of 60 to 80% heart rate reserve, Modify exercise activities for microvascular complications and comply with medication and recommendations that monitor blood in indices appropriately. Okay, so general recommendations for type 2 diabetics. Cardiovascular disease. So exercise equals universe, universally accepted for cardiac rehab and cardiovascular disease therapy. So there are individuals that go into hospitals and they, they work primarily with cardiovascular individuals that have cardiovascular disease or patients who have cardiovascular disease. So um, that's a career choice if you're a trainer and you really enjoy working with people that have had cardiovascular disease. So aerobic exercise is an integral component for all disease types and helps reduce risks associated with comorbidities. Participation levels and recommendation guidelines depend on specific disease related factors such as progressive stage of disease, degree of damage or symptoms, current physical state of the individual and present Presence of other health-limiting factors. So hypertension or high blood pressure, uh, high blood pressure in the arteries going away from the art, A for away, measures um, over 130, over 80 is hypertensive, causes turbulent blood flow and endothelial lesions. Consequent formation of arthrosclerotic plaque indicates um, CAD, which is cardio or sorry coronary artery disease increased risk kidney damage stroke and heart failure so exercise and hypertension so general guidelines for hypertension aerobic exercises accumulate 40 to 60 minutes at about 50 to 75 percent of vo2 max three to five days per week so you have to first figure out what their vo2 max is and then you're going to go 50 to 75 percent of that for about 40 to 60 minutes three to five days a week okay can lower systolic and diastolic measures of blood pressure by nine millimeters over time. Improves endothelial function and platelet activation, and lowers negative inflammatory responses. Does not have to be a single long duration bout. Several ten minute sessions provide the same benefits as thirty minute of continual walking. Um. So use. Uh, so reps and and sets use twelve to fifteen repetitions. Preferably in circuit formation, avoid heavy resistance training, uh, over seventy percent of one rep max, and holding one's breath. So for resistance training, think twelve to fifteen rapid repetitions, seventy um, percent of your one rep max, and try not to hold uh, holding one's breath. Reduce salt intake, uh, ad- attain adequate potassium, so nine millimeters a day. Um, reduce blood uh, body fat or sorry, reduce body weight if necessary, and limit or avoid alcohol. So those would be all things to do if you have uh, hypertension. Coronary artery disease, so most common form of heart disease uh, characterized by the narrowing and hardening and blockage of coronary vessels from the atherosclerotic plaque buildup. Coronary artery disease is commonly attributed to several factors including obesity, physical inactivity, high blood pressure, poor lipid profile, diabetes, and smoking. So these would all uh, kind of increase your rate for the coronary artery disease. Exercise in cardio, um, coronary artery disease. So you wanna start with about 40 to 60 minutes of low intensity aerobic work most days. Can work up to 40 to 75, a heart rate reserve for 20 to 40 minutes, three to four days per week. 10 minute warm up and cool down. Uh, resistance training, closed chain body weight exercises, one to two sets of 15 to 20 reps. Uh, Avoid heavy lifting, isometrics, and breath holds. Uh, Use circuits with one exercise per muscle group and progress slowly. Perform flexibility work with proper breathing techniques and measure heart rate, blood pressure, and use um, the RPE scale uh, when you're uh, with these individuals. Meds must be accounted for. Congestive heart failure. Uh, chronic progressive condition resulting in an inability to pump adequate blood to the body so having a low stroke volume enlargement of the left ventricle muscle tissue and central portion of the heart and low intensity aerobic and light resistance training are useful for maintaining function so definitely more likely in individuals with, that are all a little bit older my grandma actually has congestive heart failure um, has congestive heart disease but she hasn't had um, total failure yet so she's still living congestive heart failure Um, there is four stages Uh, aerobic work is 40 to 50 percent peak of oxygen capacity in short bouts of three to five minutes so you're not going for as long Uh, resistance training is 50 to 60 percent of one rep max including small muscle groups with longer rests use rpe scale and avoid excess stress so stage one breathlessness or tired and brisk with brisk walk or jo- or jog ta- uh, or taking flights of stairs. Two, comfortable when resting, heart race or breathlessness when walking or blocking or taking the stairs. Stage three, palpitation palp- 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 or tiredness with simple tasks like getting up from the sofa and walking over to the kitchen. And then stage four is heart and breath go faster even at rest, tiredness even when while sitting, and anxiety and palpitations palp- palp- almost all the time. So that would be the four stages of congestive heart failure that you might want to watch out for. Or if you know someone going through these stages or they're at one stage, you can help them by um, educating them about congestive heart failure and what they might need to do to improve their physical activity levels. So that's going to do it for training clients with asthma, diabetes, and cardiovascular disease. I hope you enjoyed it and have a great day.